This podcast is brought to you by the website of doom.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Aaron Fever Talks 2. I'm Aaron Fever, and this time I'm talking to Jen Carey. Uh, or should I say, for the second time, I'm talking to Jen Carey because she is a returning guest here. And uh, we're very, very happy to have her. Jen is a tour de force. Uh, I'm one of the heads of Fickle Games. Uh, we get into her latest game that's about to be kickstarted very soon called Bragging Rights, which is a lot of fun. It's all about bragging about how you committed some crime, um, but it's all made up. It's all false, and so you're trying to cover your tracks. It's kind of it's a lot of fun, but we'll get into explaining what all that's about uh, during the course of the interview. But for now. This podcast exists because of the wonderful people on Patreon. This is my one plug. This is my one advertisement in the whole show, folks. Uh, but if you go to patreon.com forward slash Aaron Fever, you will be able to donate as little as $1 a month. And that is a, a small amount, but it goes a long way because what that does, it helps me cover podcasting costs and also other costs of life and living. You know, I get to eat, which is great. It's wonderful uh, that that uh, eating allows me to uh, survive and then podcast some more. You get uh, these sort of podcasts earlier than everybody else. You usually get it 24 hours in advance. But you will also get my uh, monthly newsletter where I talk to people uh, about um, my life and what's happening and let, letting you know about some of the things that I'm working on, like, like my comic books and other things like that. But for now, I will stop waffling and I will allow you to listen to this wonderful interview that I have with Jen Carey. Jen Carey 2, Electric Boogaloo. How long has it been since the last recording? Of your show? I don't know. Well, like with you, <laughs> you were there and you should know. Um, April of last year-ish. Okay, so April 17th. Um, is that buzzer your house? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the hot water. Ah, okay, good to know. <laughs> Just in case it was picked up, I'm not too sure. <laughs> Just sounds like this is a weird thing to happen. Um, okay, so since April 17th, so yeah, a year and like three months or so, uh, you've released the game. You're releasing another game. Yeah. Uh, what else happened in that year? Um, I. You moved house. I moved house. Yeah, it's a big achievement. I'm so happy with it. I moved house because I got a new full-time job, which is actually my old full-time job, but is now new because I left it for a while. Wait, is this the one at the video game company? Yeah, the place where Tom used to work. Okay, yeah, yeah. we're not allowed to say brand names on yeah. Yeah, are we not? Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, I'm I'm not that's sure. fair, because some people don't want the, like, yeah, just in case, but that's, all, that's yeah, so fair. I don't want to be in, like, vague association and then people saying, oh, she's done such and such, like, yeah, yeah so. Um, yeah, so I work there now full-time. Um, I did do quite a bit of lecturing for a while, um, mm -hmm. and then I stopped that over Christmas, because who knew that working like four jobs at once was a bad idea and could lead to you getting so exhausted you couldn't move out of your bed for a month. That's, that's my hand in the air for those who can't see uh, via the podcast, but yes. Yeah. Good times. Good times, yeah. yeah. So, okay, um, so you had... Uh, Fickle Games, which is your start. Now, I, is that your company or is that a company that you share? Um, so, technically, okay. in legal terms, it's not a company. In legal terms, it's just um, a sole tradership. Okay. Um, and like a name for technically just me. But Fickle Games itself, as in the people who make the games at Fickle Games, is me and Basil Lim. Okay. 
so this is your second game under Fickle Games? Yeah. Correct. But you've done a lot of work under Fickle Games. Like, you're quite, like, you are very busy, as you've just said. Um, as someone who follows your Twitter and Facebook, so you're constantly doing random things with them. Uh, but I feel like you've kind of, like, you had started a couple games that just never appeared. Is that right? Um... I had like one or two analog games that kind of fell by the wayside and I had great plans, plans of doing like digital games and then I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> like, too much coding involved and then when I started working in tech again during the day and it's like, I'm really no, I'm just not doing that. Okay, explain an analog game to me. Analog games are just tabletop games, so it's um, not computer games. Okay. So D&D is a tabletop game. Um, so it's Cards Against Humanity or code names or anything like that. Right. So what were the ones, what's the difference between the ones that fell to the wayside and the ones that have made it? Um, the ones that have made it are better games. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I'm interested in kind of, you know, because I'm one of those people that it doesn't matter how shit it is, I see it to the end and I, and I make sure that it can be seen to prove that I have done something. So to, to kind of step back from something that you started and go, you know what, this is not good enough. To me, in my eyes, is like it takes a lot of guts to be able to do that. <laughs> so what, what is it that made you go, no, this is not working and this is not worth the time? Um, so when I make tabletop games, I tend to give them like a long span of just thinking about them, really, and working out the different permutations in my head or writing it down in paper before absolutely anybody hears about them or sees about them. There might be like a random tweet here and there, but they don't actually get to play testers. Right. Um, and then kind of just working from there and trying to find if there's a fun aspect to it. And if there's no fun aspect to it, then there's no point in bringing it further. And right. if you find something that does have a fun aspect, then I move on to describing the game to people and seeing if they sound <laughs> like they're interested in it. Right. And if they are, then I bring it into making a prototype and then testing it. Okay. So can we talk about one that didn't happen? We will get to the one that you're, you're plugging in a, in a bit. We will get to it. I'm trying to think about the ones that didn't happen. Um, I know I had like a weird trivia game a while ago, which definitely didn't happen because like, I started making it and I was like, this just goes against all the principles that I know of how you're supposed to design a game. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> so it was like a Trivial Pursuit style kind of like... Kinda. Eh. Like, yeah. And it was like, fuck all replayability, and it was like, barely any player interaction, and I was looking, I'm like, this is shit, this is like, <laughs> absolutely tragic. Um, yeah, in a weird way, how has Trivial Pursuit stood the, of, the, the test of time? It is just a quiz game. Because when it came out, there are no other better games, and now it's just popular. It's like Monopoly. Monopoly is a really bad game, but I everyone dis I plays disagree, it. madam. We've had this conversation before. I like Monopoly, and I'm and I'm terrible at Monopoly. I'm not very good. Well, it is there to teach you the horrors of capitalism, so yeah. in that way it does work. In yeah. actually something fun to do, it fails drastically. Why? Why do you think you don't? It's not fun. It's just not fun. Okay. I, I particularly enjoy being a top hat. That is fun to me. You can be a top hat in so many other things. You could be a sentient top hat in D&D. I could. Well, I love D&D &D as well. I mean, I currently have like three D&D characters on the go, but like, yeah. I don't know how you do that. Well, I mean, like literally two of them have only had like a game or two each. There's the one long-standing one. Mm. Have you you played D&D, &D, right? No. Have I, you not played it I yet? keep meaning to and I keep having great plans and then I do something like run a Kickstarter and then have no free time. And then like, <laughs> I'm sorry, group that I spent a month organizing, I can't be there. 
All right, well, let's let's figure out what your D&D character would be. Oh, God. So, um... Mm. Actually, the important thing, though, is do you play D&D for, like, you know, figures and roles and your stats and stuff, or do you play it for the story side of it? Uh, I like both. There's always a predominant side, though. Like, if some... Which would annoy you more? If somebody came in and started giving out to you because you weren't doing, like your stats properly or if somebody came in and was annoyed that people were paying too much attention to their stats um i mean like if someone told me i did my stats wrong i'd be like okay whatever like i'm not too worried if because i know i have a couple stats wrong on my guy because i'm not very good at like i i thought i was good at setting it up and then i put my details into D D beyond and i found out oh there's a whole bunch of shit that i forgot about uh, but yeah no it's more about like yeah my character but uh, my character is boring i made him real boring <laughs> I made him into a really grumpy dragonborn ranger guy who doesn't like to talk to people and just wants to hang out in the background. <laughs> so you just like sleep through the entire session? No, I just I, I get to rock up every now and again and shoot someone with an arrow, but like most of the time I'm just like, oh, you all like annoy me. And then it's like I'm living my like gr- grumpy teenage years again, I think is what's happening. But that's enough about me. This is your <laughs> interview. I don't, I don't know who my D&D character would be. I don't even know, like, what the races and classes and shit are. Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna break down the races for you. Okay. This is, this is gonna be the most interesting part of this podcast, all right? Trust me. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that, 100%. Okay, you can be a human. Boring, right? You can be an elf. You can be a half-elf. You can be a dwarf. You can be a gnome. You can be, uh, there's another one as well. Uh, tiefling. Which are like have horns and are like funny colors, um, and or you can be. Uh, I think that's the ones that I can think of at the top of my head. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So your expertise are really showing. It is. It's great. Uh. Uh, I think you should be a dwarf. Okay. Because you're kind of short. Let's go with that. <laughs> it's true. I I am short. I yeah. just keep giving it to my housemates for putting things up too high because they're both very tall. <laughs> and you're also angry. So that you know, is true. That's yeah, very dwarfish uh, characteristics. <laughs> um, so I think you should be a dwarf. And then, uh, do you like magic? Not really. Okay, that's fine. That's pretty good because dwarfs don't usually aren't usually magical. Yeah, well, from my experience of things like Baldur's Gate, my thing is I'm probably going to get some big axe or something and just hit things constantly. Oh, dwarf is perfect for you. You should be a dwarf barbarian. Perfect. Goals. All right. I'm just going to go with my, like, Baldur's Gate characters and yeah. sorted. <laughs> I never got into the Baldur's Gate games. I only played, like, two of them, and apparently mm. the two I played are, like, the weird ones, which I find every time I play a game, it's like, oh, the one you like is the one that nobody bought, but is apparently still good. But You're such a gaming hipster. I, I am, and it's not even intentional. <laughs> like, I was at this talk once um, by... Richard Lamarchand and he was going through this huge list of games that he made and I was like I've heard of it never played it never played it until at the very end he's like oh and I made this this game like in the 90s called Pandemonium and I was like oh my god Pandemonium that was the best game ever (laughs) and I was like what okay I don't what was Pandemonium I know the name but I don't think I've ever actually played it it was like a kind of platformer thing and you could play as a jester or um, I don't know, some female character. I don't, there's like two of them that you could play as. One of them could do a double jump. That's mainly what I remember. <laughs> uh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and the first level you started in an archway. Like, that's, that's all I remember of that game, but I know I adored it and it was the best. <laughs> okay, good. 
And so, all right, so let's let's try and bring it back to the okay. proper things sorry, that we're here sorry. to talk about. Yeah, the proper so, things. So, um, <laughs> so what made you want to start up a game company? Um, well, I've always worked in games, doing stuff, and then when I left my job initially, I was trying to figure out something that I wanted to do that I was interested in, and I started prototyping a game because I got an idea for one, and people seemed to like it, and then. People did like it, and then we kickstarted it, and then people bought it, and then I continued doing that. <laughs> okay, that matches up to the same time I asked you that question on our last interview podcast, so that's good. <laughs> I wanted to see if that, I genuinely wanted to see if that answer would change at all in the last year. It's pretty consistent. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, okay, so we'll talk about your last game because we did kind of plug that in the last one here. So Rampunctious. Rampunctious, yeah. Which it used to be called Fundamental, right? Yeah, it's had like a few names, yeah. but it's settled on Rampunctious. Right. Um, why that one? Um, so, we had, I think it was originally called like Stupundus or something, and we decided we want to change the name. So, um, I was at this like games retreat weekend thing mm. with a few mates, and I sat down with one of them who also does all terrible puns and whatnot, and we wrote down a huge list of pun names. Um, on the first day and on the last day on the bus back from Galway we're like what ones can we remember and the right. only ones we can remember were fundamental and rampunctious okay. so we're like okay it has to be one of those because they're the only memorable ones and then there's a game called fundamental and we're like okay not doing that so uh, then it's like rampunctious okay. fair enough um, that was a success it was yeah um, so we successfully kickstarted it and we got over our goal and then after that we've got it into a number of local shops and hmm. Sales at Christmas were fabulous. Everything's kind of like died down now, but that's normal for board games. Right. So we're expecting them to pick up again, come into Christmas again. Yay! Yeah. So what were the main things you learned from that whole experience? Uh, for this time round, now that you're kind of going back into the same well again, so to speak. Um, I learned from some friends the best way to do Facebook ads. Okay. Um, and how beneficial it is to just have a rough neck and just like ask people and be like, hey, you're going to do the thing? And they usually <laughs> say, yeah. Um, like this podcast. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's largely it. Like a lot of the other things that I knew were things that I knew anyways, but I couldn't do. Like we have more funds behind us this time because Rampunch just made a profit. So right. we're able to use that money to like get someone to help do editing for the video and we're able to um, put more into like the Facebook ads and things like that and we can afford to get nice prototypes and all this thing going so there's stuff we already knew but we just I just couldn't afford to do it the first time around right um, and so kind of are you less scared now to be doing this Kickstarter having done the first one and it going well yeah like less scared for the build-up because I know what's gonna happen um, I'm also pretty terrified about the campaign, but I think that's like, that's an educated terrified mm. because I know what it's going to be like. Right. Yeah. And what, what was, what are the bad things about the campaign that you don't like? Like, what are the things that you're scared of? It's mainly just, you have to be like constantly on, um, yeah. especially because a lot of the people who buy the games and are using Kickstarter are in the States and in Canada. So you always have to be there in case you get messages and in case you get comments and that kind of thing and also the game that we're doing this time is slightly um, aimed at more of a core gamer rather than the casual gamers okay so 
with Rampunctious, we didn't get a lot of comments. We didn't get too many messages. It was mainly people either confused about things or afterwards they're asking questions from shipping and that's totally normal. But on the more core and hardcore games, people put in a lot of comments and people want a lot of interactions and feedback. Okay. So it's really just knowing how much time it's going to take up of having to constantly be on it. And then when you don't even need to be on it, you're constantly checking the figure to see whether or not it got there. And we're on this huge time constraint this time around, so we're really actually hoping to fund a little bit early so we can then book the printer so we can definitely get it out by Christmas. Like, we're 90% sure we'll get it out anyways, but we want to do it as early as possible. Right. And it's just... Uh, I'm foreseeing stress. Okay. <laughs> it's good that it's, it's, it's on the hill. Um, so, okay, well, there's more questions that I have, but I guess we can't really get to them until we talk about the game itself. So it's called Bragging Rights. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how did you come up with the idea? Um, so I like coming up with stupid random stories to explain things um, and leading people on with stupid random stories when I get bored. Um, and I was like, how do I make that into a game? Because that's a fun experience, especially when your friends start like chipping in and you end up with like this really ridiculous thing going that everyone's in on. Um, so I kind of, I wanted to make a game that was that experience and you'd get to do that kind of like creativity, but also just like fun bullshitting. Um, so we went for the easiest setting to do that kind of stuff we thought would be criminals because okay. there's just like so much you can go there and then we started making up crimes and I figured that it's like looking back at it I can say a lot of it comes from like knowledge of improv and that kind of stuff but it wasn't active in my mind when I was making it so basically you get a character card you get a crime and you get evidence that appears at the scene and the idea is that everyone is a really, really incompetent criminal and they're all trying to gain bragging rights for this crime that none of them actually committed. And they're doing this by explaining the evidence that appears at the scene. And the stories just keep getting more ridiculous because you establish your story with the first piece of evidence, but then another piece turns up and you have to morph your story around that one. Okay. You have to keep doing it constantly so your story just gets like weirder and stranger. Yeah. So... You're, so you're describing a very kind of improv-based game, which to me is very much like a kind of a party game. Yeah. Uh, but you're saying this is aimed at more kind of like uh, a hardcore game, to a certain it, degree. It's not hardcore, it's more core. So um, it's definitely not like a war game or something. Hold okay. on. So they're, they're core, but they're not hardcore. Yes. What does that mean? Well, it's like you, you could call the casual game or softcore. Like, there's levels of, okay. of how, how much you play So games. these are just medium core? More or less, yeah. Okay, right. So, like, a core gamer is someone who'd play, like, a variety of games and would play games a lot, but wouldn't necessarily play hardcore games constantly. Okay. So, I gotcha. yeah, so it's like, they would also play party games, but there's there's more um, mechanics and rules involved than Rampunctious was, and mm. that was intentionally made to be, like, simpler on the rule side, so that literally anyone could play it if they were good at puns. Okay. Uh, which I turned out I wasn't uh, when we last tried to play this on this podcast which went terribly as a man who prides himself on his improv comedy skills that was one of my most embarrassing moments in my life I think uh, but yeah I, I kind of when I heard about this game it sounds a lot of fun um, you got a bunch of uh, improv people I know to uh, to get involved and you said you had like one of the longest sessions the longest session ever <laughs> it was hilarious it was amazing but it was three hours long and they wanted to keep going and I was like I actually was supposed to be gone an hour ago <laughs> so I have to leave and like how many just like, like turns I guess or if you know what I mean how many rounds did they play in that amount of time um, so in that one, um, 
in that one we hadn't changed the end game thing we changed it now based on how many players we have so we okay. can keep more of a consistent length mm. but what it was was i think there were six players at the time and okay. they went through five pieces of evidence so that's like 30 story segments um and <laughs> of course then being improvers these were tiny story segments oh, these no. included like people getting up to mime the yeah. entire things at, at one point Somebody went and got a pot to roll across the table to give an example of how circular things would roll down hills. Like, what? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, um, so would you say that that was kind of like what you were hoping for when you were kind of got a bunch of improvisers in the room? Yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Like, because I figured improvisers would be like one of the core audiences for it, and they definitely like. A lot of people can play the game, but people who do, do improv would be a lot quicker to pick it up and a lot more easygoing with the, you know, yes and, I'll just go with it kind of thing instead yeah. of, oh shit, I don't know. Yeah, it's like the game um, Fun Employment. Do you know that one? I do, yeah. Yeah, so that that always strikes me as a very, like, improviser, like, savvy kind of game that's like, I mean, I'm surprised I haven't seen, like, a show based around that fucking game yet, like, so this seems like another kind of thing that could easily turn into a show mm -hmm. uh, if they just use the cards as their prompts for, like, the whole thing, so, yeah. Um, and how, so when you, when you time um, norm, normies... <laughs> Uh, what is how kind of what, how long of a game did they normally end up having? Um, well, for around six players, it would usually be around two hours. Okay. So it's shorter now because we've changed like the card amount, but with five cards, it would usually be two hours. So with the improvers, when it went to three hours and they wanted to go for another card, it's like <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm already out. late for my friend's birthday. I really have to go. <laughs> I've things to do. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so you're how many days out from now, like, to the, the Kickstarter? Um, a bit over two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. So, is everything ready to go, or is there still shit getting worked out at this point? Still shit getting worked out. Okay. Um, we're mostly good to go. We have a few video stuff to finish, and I kind of just want to, like, redo all the facts and figures that I have to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Because we're using a pledge manager this time, so we can charge shipping after the campaign. Because charging it during this campaign is like its own unique headache that is just absolutely horrible. Um, but yeah, so we're doing that. But I want to give estimates for how much that costs, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. But we need to check those things out. And after that, more or less okay. Okay. I think, yeah, we're, we're mostly, we're mostly so sorted. you're triple-checking at this point, like... Yeah, like, I've gone through it a few times, I just want to do, like, one final, and, like, a final pass on all the content, so we don't have to do that in the middle of the campaign when we send files to the printer. Um, and then... Yeah, no, the big thing at the moment is, is actually just figuring out how big, a how big a budget we have for Facebook ads. And okay. everything else should be okay. <sighs> Facebook is a fucking fickle mistress, isn't it? <sighs> It's, it's weird. Like if you, from from like the ads perspective, if you do it well, then it can bring in tons of money. But doing it well is like its own skill. Right. 
and last time I had a friend of mine who'd done like marketing and sales and all that kind of stuff okay. um, and he'd done it all for me and then I've been telling people how his ad format thing worked and they've been modifying it for their games and it's actually been super successful so I'm hoping I can do it again for the new game Okay. and if I can't I'll just message him and be like Oleg help me I don't understand <laughs> Yeah, I, I only have one life experience of trying to use those Facebook ads and it made no difference whatsoever. I just got random people from like Namibia and like Texas liking the page and never interacting with it again. Like that was kind of it. It's, I don't know how, it's a, it's a weird black voodoo magic to me. Yeah, like I wouldn't use them for anything other than actually selling a product. Yeah. Um, I know that Facebook is constantly trying to get you to promote every single freaking post that you put in it and it's weird how every post manages to outdo every other post you've ever posted. Isn't that, isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah. Like every post is 90% better than anything yeah. else and it's like hmm. It's fascinating. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Maths, they hmm. totally do it. Um, it's 90% better today than all those posts from years ago. So like it's surprising that no one's actually like, looking at your post from 2014. It's so weird. Yeah, isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's actually, it's kind of disturbing and it, it, it's something that you kind of still have to work with because you can't ignore Facebook either at the same time. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. Like, yeah. Facebook is the platform now, so, yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> it's like when your parents, like, say, like, you know, I'm going on the Google. It's like you kind of are going on the internet when you're going on Facebook. Like, it is almost in, invading everything. Yeah. Um, how, how's Twitter as, like, a platform for this sort of stuff? It's probably useless, right? Um, so, it's kind of useless for paid advertisements, at least I think it is, I've never used it for paid advertisements. Um, for actual just general promotion, I find it pretty good, but that's because I've got a huge network of like game developers and stuff that I know on Twitter, Right. so it's great to just post something out and then it all goes around them and all those friends who I might have on Facebook or might get it with the algorithm will see it on Twitter, so. Yeah. Um, how are you on Facebook? Personally, do you enjoy using Facebook anymore? Not really. <laughs> like, I tend to use it for, um, like, Irish game stuff. Okay. So, when I, so as part of, like, the Game Maker Association, I'll post things, like, on their page, and I'll post things from that through to the groups that I'm on um, for, like, calls for game submissions and all that kind of stuff. And then I'll post about friends, things happening. But generally, like, I don't actually use it for anything other no. like I'll scroll through it and see if someone's posted an interesting article and that's it I don't post <laughs> yeah you're like a, on one of the heads of Amrit aren't you I am I'm one of the board members yeah so how long have you been a board member there coming up in two years now okay yeah because I thought you you were a board member last time we spoke as well yeah and like so is that just something that you'll just keep doing or is there like a, a an outdate <laughs> on that um so the elections are every two years um, oh, elections. There are elections Ooh. to get voted on. Um, and so it's like the board has seven members, so we rotate like three and four, and okay. you have to stand down. And you can get reelected if you want to be. So we're coming up to the elections for my group um, in the next month or two. I'm not sure whether or not, whether I'm going to like stay or not. I'm kind of going to see when it gets there. It could be one of those 18 things that you're doing that maybe you could do a little less of yeah more or less yeah um and like fi finding the time to actually get to the meetings and stuff can be a little a little much when you have a lot of stuff going on and then like trying to organize different things and there's always a certain amount that like i'm gonna do anyways but it's like i don't know if i 
need to do all of it kind of thing. <laughs> so I'll see. So the great, the great British Bake Off. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> Just to change gears slightly. <laughs> Because I know you were tweeting the other day about how you're you're kind of binge watching it at the moment. Yeah, I've just finished season three. Um, okay, I'm like around the same. I love so it. So was season three? Which one? Who was in? Who was in the season three one? Um, three women in the final. Uh, was it uh, the crazy, the annoying uh, student lady? The who? Rose. Rose. No, that no. must be season four then. Okay. Okay, there was a there was a Ruby she, who was a student lady who was very very unsure of himself. Christmas. Oh yes, Ruby. Sorry, yeah, you're right, Ruby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm on that same season. I'm just finishing up that same season. Ah. Yeah, I can't stand Ruby to save my life. I cannot stand her. First of all, she doesn't open her mouth when she speaks. She's like, oh my god, I'm so just really everything's just a real disaster. Oh no, it's the worst. And then she like they're like, this is the greatest cake I've ever tasted. And she's like, oh no, really? Oh, I don't know. And I just want to punch her every time. It's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, sorry. That's my own personal weird thing about Ruby and hating her to the ends of the earth. But, uh, and you? Um, she... I don't know. Like, I didn't mind her at the start. And then, like, she really started to annoy me, like, halfway through. Where it was just, like, consistent. But then, like, I went back to liking her towards the end. Okay. I was kind of like, I feel like she's saying the things that you think when you're super anxious. And she's just saying it out loud. And there's something, like, a little bit refreshing about that. I just... Okay. <laughs> I just feel like, I feel like half the episodes were just her, me listening to her say how terrible her cakes were. And then the judge is saying, this is the best cake I've ever eaten. Mm. And then me wanting to throw something at the television. No, I love there's a few moments with Paul when she's like, oh, no, I left it in for too long. And it's got this and it's got that. And he's like... You're not supposed to tell me! <laughs> um, do you remember the year from the season before? I can't remember her name. She was kind of like this mousy woman. She had like uh, dark hair, which is almost in a bob. And she was quite thin. But like she had this weird dynamic with Paul where it was almost like they were playing some sort of weird flirting game. Every time that he came over to the table. Her name was Catherine or something like that. Um, but like she's just kind of like he'd be like oh what are you, are you doing you're making this the wrong way and she goes like oh am I am I a bad girl and he was like yeah you're terrible and like we just get this really <laughs> weird thing going on do you notice that dynamic no. oh no Paul Hollywood got like really and like and he, if, he, if he didn't like her cake he got like really into telling her how much he hated her cake and she was just like I don't care what you think and it was just like this weird sexual tension that was going on I'm reading more into the Great British Bake Off than I think you are. Yeah. I think is what I'm finding from this. Yeah. Okay. So much. Fair. Fair. That's all right. So yeah, that's the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Nice interlude. But I guess so. I mean, have you found you've been baking more after watching it? That happens to me. I always want to bake more after watching it. But... Hello, motorcycle. Um. I really want to bake more, but I haven't. Yeah. I well, do, you don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time, no. <laughs> I was going to one day, and then I was like, oh, no, I have to buy all this baking equipment because we're not going to have any here. And then the next day I found out that one of the people I live with has, like, fuck tons of baking equipment. And I was oh, like, shit. I'm so happy I didn't know about that because I would have spent <laughs> the entire day just trying to make scones or something. <laughs> have you made many things before baking-wise? Oh, yeah. like okay. I, I Actually, wait, I've eaten your baked goods before. Oh, you have, actually, yeah. yeah. No, never mind. Um... Yeah, I usually do like loads of baking around Christmas and stuff. Like okay. we have this big family thing on, so I'd have about like nine, ten cakes, something like that, out every year. Damn, that's a lot. It's a lot of cakes. What's your favorite cake to make? Um, 
Probably apple sponge. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's one of those family recipe things as well. Mm. So it's kind of like, oh. Um, I don't think I've had an apple sponge before. Really? Yeah. Ah, it's amazing. So is it just like pieces of apple in the sponge? It's, well, no. It's basically you have like a shortbread pastry, and then you have stewed apple in it, and then on top of it you have um, like a, just a normal Madeira sponge on top. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. But super nice. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I'll have to try that sometime. Uh, we've got another 30 minutes to kill. Alright, cool. So, I mean, any, what other TV shows are you watching? <laughs> I'm halfway through the second season of Jessica Jones. And I've got to an episode that I know is going to be cringy and I can't actually watch it. I just keep stopping and going, no, no, it's fine, I'll get back another time. Wait, I've watched the second season. Which episode are you talking about? It's after, um... Oh, I can't, I can't remember her name. Blondie one. Oh yeah, like uh, um, the Trish. cat lady, Trish, yeah. yeah. It's after she's run out with the drug thing and she has to do like the test for the news station. And like, I I keep turning it on again and getting like 10 seconds in and stopping and like, no, 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 it's gonna be really cringy, I can't watch it, I can't watch it. <laughs> so that's where I'm stuck. It's not as bad as you think. There's actually very little time spent on it. Okay. So you can get through it, like if you hold on, because it isn't that long of a sequence. So yeah, you can get through it. I, okay. I, I, I have belief in you. Um, that's that's the best I can I can give you on that one, um, but yeah, I wasn't mad on the second season in comparison to the first one. I don't think anything's going to live up to the first season of Jessica Jones. To be yeah, honest. like and, it was so good. And I'm I'm kind of I haven't watched uh, Luke Cage season two yet, and I have a feeling I won't think it's as good as the first season either. It's kind of it's hard to live up to those big ones. I haven't actually seen Luke Cage yet because when it came out, I was trying to like catch up on all the other Marvel series and. I'd watched tons of Daredevil and I hated it with a passion and it actually turned me off watching Luke Cage because like I know I'm gonna like Luke Cage but it's a Marvel thing and I don't want to watch a Marvel thing. <laughs> what was it about Daredevil that you hated? It's just so bland. He's quite he's quite dull in a way. Yeah. yeah. Just like I'm thinking about it now. I watched I think two seasons of it and I can remember one scene of the entire show. <laughs> Which scene? It doesn't even make sense. It's just him talking to the nurse lady oh yeah rosario dawson yeah yeah and it's like it, it nothing's even happening they're just talking that's the only scene i can remember from that show <laughs> so is it when like ninjas are attacking the hospital no they're just like standing in a room. oh okay it's not even something interesting happening right. they're like literally just standing that was just talking. the one bit that really caught your eye that's... yeah i was like look at that I, i'm i'm guessing the room must have looked fancy or something so i remember it <laughs> there's like, something Ooh. cool on the shelf in the background <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh wow, she's got like a Powerpuff doll or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that your era? I feel like Powerpuff dolls were your era. Or Powerpuff girls, I should say. Um, not really. They're a little bit after me ish. Okay. What was what was your era growing up? What were like the cartoons that were were hot with the kids in your day? Uh. Well, I know that like I watched a lot of Samurai Jack and Gundam Wing, but I don't know if a lot of other people did. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty famous, so I'd say it was more than just yourself watching the show, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at the time, I was I was living in Drogheda, and no one I knew actually like spoke about ever watching cartoons, so okay. it's kind of like, okay, I'm just going to watch this random anime at like <laughs> 10 p.m. every day. <laughs> Why not? I, I, uh, I did an improv show with the voice actor of Samurai Jack. Oh, um, nice. So I just want to throw that out there, I'm kind of cool. Um, really? Yeah. You're well, kind of cool. I mean, I was cool for five minutes at least when I did the show with him. Sure, you were. 
So we're back to this dynamic. <laughs> are we? Um, oh, I'm sure you're very, very cool. <laughs> very cool. The coolest. <laughs> the most cool. I, I mean... Too cool for school. Some of my listeners think so. You gotta hope I'm cool if you want people to like listen to this podcast and and. Well, I did tell you I've got another podcast lined up this week. This so. is true. You are hedging your bets. Yeah. Yeah. How many podcasts do you reckon you'll do in total in promotion for this game? I don't know. Last time I got a lot of requests once the campaign went up. Okay. So. This is only like my second proper podcast on it. Um, and there's some fake podcasts that you did. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to myself in a room. No <laughs> I was preparing podcasting. I was just talking. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned it on the Celtic Harvard podcast before, okay. but it wasn't like a promo thing. It was like this is something I'm working on. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing like a dedicated promo episode for it as well. So. Okay. I mean, I have to admit, my podcasts are never very good at promotion. I don't know why I said that in a way. <laughs> promotion. Maybe that's why it's not very good at Probably not. But like, because it is more of a, like, a, like a chatty podcast. Yeah. And so it's not like, so, hey guys, here's the game that's going to be hot to trot in just a couple of weeks. You should check out the kicks. I'm doing that with like YouTuber voice things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever watch, Does it? you know some of those like Let's Play guys on YouTube? Yeah. I hate every single one of them because they all have that same like, <laughs> Hey guys, we're all here today to play this very good, great game. It's gonna be real super awesome. Wow, techno groovy. Like, and then they start playing the game. It's like it's always the same crazy hyped up attitude. And then I just do my really shitty YouTube show where I play Clash Royale, and I'm like, like, yeah, okay, so I'm kind of shit at this game. Um, but you can watch me. <laughs> you see, maybe you just like put your finger on that point as to you know why I'm not rich. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I mean, why is doing that voice gonna make you better at it? Is what is my question? Psychology. So can you do that voice? Okay, what's what's your like? Okay, I'm doing my promotional voice now. So like we're gonna do we're gonna shoot like a thirty minute we're gonna do a thirty minute not thirty minute thirty second segment. So you're gonna have, I'm gonna give you thirty seconds in this podcast oh to basically gosh. do an advertisement for bragging rights, and you gotta do it like it's a proper advertisement. You gotta do it like it's gonna be on the radio and shit. <laughs> Do you want me to count you in? Ah! Uh, <laughs> I hate you so much. Dear listeners, if you could see the pained expression <laughs> on her face right now, it is so, there's such hatred in her eyes. Yeah, there's a window behind you. You should be careful. <laughs> hey, listen, if you throw me out of it, I'll just fall into my own apartment <laughs> from here. You're so, really far. <laughs> yeah, it's, it'll be fine. <sighs> okay. Bragging Rights is the new game of competitive bullshitting coming to Kickstarter August 8th. You should check it out. It's a player... Oh, there, damn it! But you did the voice! You did I the did voice! I did the voice! You did the voice. Yeah. So you just what? make it slightly deeper and you talk like everything's really, really interesting. You think you went deeper? No. Okay. You're supposed to do it deeper. I don't know. Alright. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. Why are you supposed to do it deeper? Is this a thing that you read? It sounds better on podcasts. Really? I'm, yeah. Well, I'm fucked. Yeah. My fucking squeaky voice. <laughs> No, this is something that like people were saying at the UK Games Expo when we were recording stuff and I was chatting to a few um, people doing podcasts and like, yeah, yeah, you put these filters on and it makes your voice sound deeper and so you sound like really cool and then people meet you in real life and they're like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're trying to do the sex line voice operator like like voice? Probably. Is that what you do? Like, hey, how are you? What are you wearing? 
Because I feel like always sex line. Is that supposed to be sex line or like creepy stalker? Uh, I mean, when I deal with creepy stalker, but like, I also am not a woman, so there's not many. I don't think there's many male sex line, unless it's a gay sex line operation. Yeah, that's Because I don't think I don't think women would really ring in to hear a guy go like, so yeah, like, so what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. yeah. Yeah, guys aren't really gonna go with that stuff. Well, there's like randos in the pub for that, so why call? That's true. Yeah, yeah. Girls don't need to ring a, a phone line to be hit on by a dude. They just have to exist in <laughs> there's the world. There's creeps everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, unless someone like even yeah, but even as I was gonna say, unless someone had a thing for creeps, but if they do, again, you just have to exist in the world. <laughs> Sorted. Ah, <laughs> oh, lucky person has a thing for creeps. Yeah, right. There's, there has to be though. There's a lot of weird kinks out there. I mean, if yeah. people like dressing up in furry costumes... There's gotta be somebody who just likes people being creepy to them. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah. There's someone who just finds it flattering. I mean, that's what guys think is happening. They think they're just be like, you know, hey, I'm just like giving you compliments. <laughs> Again, folks, if you can see the anger in her eyes right now. Why do guys exist? <laughs> Men, am I right? Oh... <laughs> uh. So, okay, we got 20 more minutes. Okay. Um, what, else can we, what else can we talk about? Did you go anywhere nice on holidays in the past year? This is going to oh. be like the fill-in what did Jen do in the last year podcast. I've actually been to tons of places in the last year. Yeah, let's talk Nowhere about on holidays, though. Okay. It was all work. Um, so, I went to San Francisco for the Game Developers Conference. Okay. Um, I was there for about a week. The conference was cool. San Francisco, not so much because that place tends to just be kind of horrible. Oh, really? Why? Lots of mentally ill homeless people. Oh, okay. A bit like Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's pretty scary in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard some very interesting stories from people who were like attending the conference and lots of people getting mugged, lots of people getting attacked. Shit. One person was saying on Twitter about um, a speaker seeing a, a dead body being pulled out of a sewer at one point. And I was kind of like, not surprised, um, but oh shit. Let's stay in the hotel. Yeah, let's never leave. <laughs> wow, okay. That's fun. Um, like, but like tech capital of the United States now or something, right? Yeah. Mm. I, I just, I wanted to move GDC somewhere else. Because I like GDC as a conference and I love the summits at the start and meeting all the people. But it's like, does it have to be in San Francisco? Mm. Um... So that, that's, that's one great holiday destination that you had. Great holiday destination. Then I went to Seattle after that. Nice. Um, wasn't really like fun stuff. It was all for work. So it was just like a week long work trip. And since it was like tagged onto GDC as well, I basically had two weeks of having to eat out. And it's like, you don't really realize just how unhealthy food in like restaurants and shit is until that's all you can eat yeah and especially american restaurant oh, food especially american food yeah i find like oh. there's a weird thing that happens to me when i go over there that like i i eat normally for like a day or two and then i can't eat anymore because i'm just consistently full for the rest of the trip yeah. like i actually got to a point that i went up to some supermarket that I found on Google Maps and I bought loads of like apples and stuff like that because it's like I just need some food <laughs> that isn't like fried and isn't covered in some form of butter that doesn't even look like butter and doesn't have like all this <laughs> oh but I survived yeah you're, you're here yeah, to tell the tale still here well preserved probably will never rush do you notice a weird thing when I visit the states I always suddenly get like cravings for fruit smoothies 
because I'm like I just for some reason there's no and there's not enough fresh fruit <laughs> in my life until I move up to the states. I'm like, oh, I need more. Do they put like corn corn syrup into that? Oh God, I don't know. Maybe they do. Like yeah. They do it. <laughs> Ooh. Who knows? Corn syrup makes all their soft drinks are terrible. I've decided now I don't like any American soft drinks. I don't drink like American soft drinks. I don't drink soft drinks usually anyway, so I just like avoided them in America. Do you not? No. Okay. Not really. How did I not notice that before? Because usually we'd just be drinking beer. That was true. Yeah, that was fair. <laughs> well, I would drink cider because beer is gross. Um, yeah, well. Um, <laughs> then after that, I went to... After that, I went to Berlin. Nice. For the Amaze Games Festival, which was awesome. They have flamethrowers. Not many what? festivals have flamethrowers. I mean, did you get to use the flamethrower? No, unfortunately. Okay. Only the people behind the bar are allowed to turn on the flamethrowers. What? I know. So wait, hold on. <laughs> I need, We need to explain this. So, what's happening? Okay, so Amaze is an indie games festival that's in Berlin every year. And the last few years, it's been held in a place called Urban Spree. And it's like this cool arts center from this old, like, refurbished... Uh, I don't even know what you'd call it. They used to fix, like, the trams and, like, the train carriages there. Okay. But the entire area has been turned into this art space. And uh, for the space that, that amazes in, there's, like... Most of it is this outdoor... Um, like seating area but then on one side there's like an open pub and then on the other side there's this two-story building and in the bottom of it there's um a tattoo parlor and kind of like this disco dancey room and then on the top there's like this food place and on the food place it has these like four different spouts coming out of it and when they have the opening address and whenever they get really big tips at the bar they set them off and they're like Flamethrowers. Fuck. Yeah. That seems almost wasteful to me. I don't know why. I get like weirdly environmentalist about like shooting a flamethrower because you get a tip. I don't know why. That seems it's, it seems it seems very extra. Do you know what I mean? Totally. But it's exactly I what mean, I imagine like a, a weird German like house to be like. Because I just imagine to be I'll be like fucking you know those that uh, te techno clubs and blade. Yeah. Like they're all just kind of like these underground fucking weird places with like yeah flamethrowers and like UV lights and shit. I just expect that's what the whole of Berlin is. From the Berlin that I've seen, which I've been told is the cool quarter, that's exactly what it's like. Okay, good. Like I never want to go to the rest of Berlin because it looks like a normal city, and I'll be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why isn't everybody in long leather jackets and and, yeah. and UV lights around their necks? Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Not my Berlin. <laughs> not my, not my present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you went from uh, San Francisco to Portland to Berlin, or not Portland, to Seattle to yeah. Berlin. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I went to Sintra in Portugal. Okay. Um, for a game dev retreat in the mountains, which is awesome. We're only there for like three days or something, though. Um, so it would have been nicer if it was longer, and it would have been super nice if my flight hadn't been delayed and cancelled on the way home. Eesh. Yeah, 12 hours in an airport is not fun. Oh, no, done it. Yeah, yeah. done it is not good. Oh. No. Uh, we started a commune. We were all very happy about it. Oh, um, that's nice. Um, and then after that, I went to Birmingham. 
Yeah, after that I went to Birmingham. Less exotic. Less exotic, and it was for the UK Games Expo, so it was like all work is just like three days of tabling at a con. Right. Um, and that's that's everywhere. That's everywhere I've been this year. You were somewhere on Saturday. You were telling me. You were like at something. You're like I don't know if I'll be able to respond to a message on Saturday. Oh yeah, Dublin Maker Fair. Um, okay, what's that? So it's on in Marion Square every year, and it's just like this day where they put up loads of tents, and everyone who makes stuff in Dublin, usually physical stuff, but can be anything, mm. you just like set up and people come and check out what you do. Um, so I spent seven hours straight talking and playing my game, and that was it was great to have everyone play it, but it was just kind of like, oh my god, seven hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have like do you have a prepared kind of like speech that you give people when they come up to your table or do you kind of just wait to, to see the person and then talk to them like a human being um kind of depends like right. you have the pitch yeah um and what level of pitch that is depends on who's coming up like if it's an adult then fine if it's a teenager then fine if it's an adult with like a six-year-old and it's just like this isn't a game for six-year-olds and this is fine and some people like realize that and they're okay with it and some people insist that six-year-olds can play it and it's like no like I mean, I'm telling you right now that no theoretically theoretically I had one little kid play it um, and he was amazing at it and then he was telling me about how he wanted to be an actor and he's been doing acting classes since right. he was like four and I was like yeah that makes sense okay um, and then like the rest of them there's like an age probably around like six or seven where it's like some of them can do it and then the rest of them are just like completely confused and terrified there is there is a weird level of like childhood when you when you when they interact with people they just shut down one of my favorite things is watching is like uh, when celebrities surprise kids in like YouTube videos to go like hey it's actually me I'm here from your favorite movie and every kid's reaction is just like blankly stare and don't react and then like, yeah it's like I hear I'm your favorite like movie star I'm like Chris Pratt or whatever from like I'm Star Lord and they're just kind of like uh. <laughs> and it's like so I hear you talk about me all the time uh. and then they just leave like it's always, it always feels like it's, it's a frustrating experience for the celebrity because they think they're going to make these kids day and then you just get no reaction out of them whatsoever yeah. so yeah I'm always fascinated by those kids anyway that was my aside <laughs> I kind of think like that's okay if the celebrity has kids and kind of knows how to deal with them. Knows what's gonna happen, but if they don't have kids, then like I'd feel so awkward if I was just like, "Hi, child," and it's like, "Shit, it's not talking." What, what do I do? Did I break it? <laughs> Can we reset it? <laughs> yeah, making a new one. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you might have guessed. I'm not very good with small children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you don't really, you don't have any nephews or nieces, right? Um, I do, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have a few. There's kind of like an age gap, though. It was more of a case of, like, there was a, a batch of kids on, like, my dad's side okay. that we're a part of that are the older kids, and then there's, like, a pretty big gap, and then there's, all, like, all the younger ones. Okay. Um, And, like, there's one or two other kids in between that on my mom's side, but, like, you wouldn't really have to like babysit them or anything yeah so never really got the whole interact with this small human experience <laughs> which i'm eternally grateful <laughs> yeah i have like i have to fucking count every time now because i've lost track i have six nephews and two nieces wow yeah um i only have two brothers but like uh 
the I've never babysat either. I've yeah. never I've never been I've never changed a nappy in my life. Mm, yeah. Um I've I've never had to like look after a child overnight. But um it's great when they get to the talking age. Because kids will bullshit with the best of them. And if you can put up a bullshit, it's great. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've been told, like, everything that's going to happen in the next, like, 15 Marvel movies from, like, you know, an eight-year-old who has no fucking clue what's going to happen but just wants to tell me what's going to happen either oh, way. Oh, Zena's best. Yeah. 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 So I'm just like, oh, is that, so Star-Lord's going to marry Spider-Man, right? Sure. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. I can see it. I can see him. Yeah. Chris Pratt will do him. <laughs> um, so, Okay. So what was your pitch for the grown-ups that came up to Bragging Rights? What was your... Bragging Rights is a game of competitive bullshitting. It's for three to seven players. And the idea is everyone is an incompetent criminal trying to claim Bragging Rights for a crime that none of you really committed. And what's the weirdest follow-up you've got from saying that? Because there's always people with weird questions. Um... Didn't actually have that many. Like okay. I had some people going like, "Oh, that's not family friendly," because it says bullshitting, and it's like, "Yep." <laughs> like, yep. It, we we actually originally tried to make it more family friendly, and then it's like, tagline a game of competitive bullshitting just gets it across so well that we're like, "Fuck it, we're going to make it more teens and adults." Yeah. What do you even like? Yeah, but apart from using bragging again in like, the, yeah, you you have to use a different phrase. Yeah, and like you could say competitive storytelling, but it doesn't really encompass the idea. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's all just bullshit. <laughs> Complete and utter. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you, because I know you and you probably have like your next one planned already. Not fully. Um, so the next one is one that, um, it's going to be Basil's baby. Okay. Um, and it's going to be a form of RPG, which is aimed at younger audiences, but this is all I know really at the moment. It's going to be more co-op than competitive, but that's what we've got so far. Okay. We started discussing it, and then I was like, this is great, but we have to do a Kickstarter campaign. Can we talk about it afterwards? Yeah. I'm really busy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's interesting, because, like, um, these two games, I assume, are very... Because, I, again, I haven't seen Bragging Rights yet, because it's about to be kickstarted. Uh, but it seems to be card-heavy again. Yeah. So, uh, I assume with it being in a kind of a role-playing game would probably be more dice-heavy this time around. Um, probably. It's like, it's gonna be more... It's definitely gonna be more constructed. Yeah. So, there's, it's gonna be more of a kind of blend halfway between an RPG and a choose-your-own-adventure style thing. Okay. Um... And I'd say, like, definitely, yeah, be more dice heavy. So far, we haven't made a game with dice. Uh, Bragging rights is just like cards and tokens, and yeah. Run Folks is just cards. Um, so, yeah. So, is that like. I, I assume it must be nice that the idea of like expanding what your games look like? Um, kind of. But it's more like. Um, it's something now to like balance and take care of that I haven't done before design wise okay because one of the big things in design is you're balancing chance with skill yeah so if you have games that are all chance like snakes and ladders mm. that all you do is roll dice and humans could actually be removed from it like that's <laughs> kind of horrible but if you have that's games, our future humans being removed from it again. it is yeah. totally um you don't even play games you just like set a game to play and you go wasn't that a fun experience <laughs> um so yes if it's more like dice based and things going from there it is going to be more heavily weighed towards chance so you have to like 
have that with like a cooperated skill level so it doesn't feel like everything's random yeah um but that would be like the main the main thing about having dice in a game okay and are you excited for a new challenge or are you just like you can't see past this current i can't see past this current one yeah i just there's just so much bragging rights stuff at the moment and like i've got this trello board that i set up and it's like i have what? I, um, it's just like a task manager thing. Okay. Um, it comes from like tech stuff, so. Fair enough. Obviously. <laughs> um, and I was like, I was panicking about not having everything like written down that I need to do, and I kept putting reminders on my phone. I was like, this is a shit idea. I'm just gonna forget. So I made a trailer board, and it's like, there's only gonna be like four things on it, and like in the first day, I had like 23 things on it, and it's like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what's the next thing on your agenda then? What's, what's the next task that you have to, to do right now? Um, ooh, prepare for my next podcast. <laughs> How do you prepare for your podcast? Did you prepare for this one? No, not at all. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't really prepare, I just make a note to actually be at the place I'm supposed to be for them. <laughs> uh, I did a podcast and video thing in Ennis recently and that was just like mad. I was I didn't even think about it, it's like I've just got a train across the country to like record a video. This is so weird. Like what I'm surprised as well because like with Skype existing and shit like that. Um yeah, but they, we also done like this video and playthrough and all this kind uh, of stuff. Okay, cool. And the people I was doing it with were people that I, I, I know from about seven years ago or something I haven't seen them in ages so when you were 12 when I was 12 yes yeah Yeah. and you were 56 yeah yeah it's less insulting (laughs) when I do it to you (laughs) I had someone at the Maker Faire come up and ask if I was a college student and I'm like no (laughs) (laughs) like when I went to New York last time I I was with a group of um uh, lectures that I lecture with at the college and um, yeah, we're going over for New York Comic Con so totally professional but we're all having this big chat and one of the flight attendants uh, came over and he asked me if I was a student and they all just looked at me and I was like no well I mean you do have purple hair so I mean it does youngify <laughs> yourself slightly what no this is like the colour of age and importance yeah your, your undercut and your purple hair is totally a sign of, of uh, getting later in life Right. <laughs> yeah, perfectly. Uh, you could just consistently the youngest person around you at all times. Um, often. Yeah. Though recently we've had like, there's new students coming into the games events who are younger, and it's like yes, younger people. And there are now I think three people younger than me in my office, so it's all good. No longer the youngest one there. But are they like significantly younger than you, or just like a year or two? I think. Three, four years, maybe okay. more. So like it, right. it's it's younger enough. It's not. But they're not. Like but they're not gonna make. They're not gonna make you feel old yet. That's the thing. No, no I'm waiting for that day. I'm. It's there's. Be a long one, there's time. I know. But one of the, when when it happens, <laughs> one of these days you're gonna tweet and go, God, I feel so old, and I'm gonna be like <laughs> screaming down. Ha! <laughs> Look, if, if I feel old, just think about how ancient you must feel in that. Listen, moment. I'm okay. I'm I'm in the point now where I'm comfortable in my thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, with age, you've mellowed out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've come to accept, like, my slow descent into the grave. Yeah. So. But, I mean, like, it's weird, though. You're 50 and you're comfortable being in your 30s only now. Yeah. See, it doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> if I've just said it in my 30s, like, you can't make it a 50 joke. You just, you lost your chance. Yeah. I mean, if you want to think you're in your 30s, that's okay. 
All right, so we're going to bring this podcast to an end. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, do you remember the question I'm going to ask you now? Oh, shit. Yeah, no one ever prepares for this, even when it's they've like, done the podcast before. Uh, what, what song do you want to play out on? Fuck. Now, you can't go back to the well and go with Barbie Girl. I totally forgot I said that. Um, anything by Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, don't challenge me with anything. Pick one. Um, I'm not... Well, I was going to say I'm not going to play a song, but I would play if you picked it. <laughs> I would play a song, but... Especially if it's Carly Rae Jepsen. Well, I mean, I like Carly Rae Jepsen. I, I own one of her CDs. You know this. She only has but... one CD. Yeah, I know. I was actually listen I've been listening to the album, like, repeat the last while because I'm yeah. lazy. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> apparently she's in the studio at the moment making more music. And I'm yeah. so excited, but also I don't want it to be bad. Well, the first single that came out is good. I mean, um, Rush to the Feeling. Have you heard that one yet? No. Ah, look it up on YouTube. I will. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 as equal quality of, as the last album. So I think we should rest easy. Nice. But she has gotten a haircut. <gasps> I don't know if that her power was in her hair. I don't know. It may have been. I hope not. No. At least, like, she got her hair cut after she recorded. That's okay. Uh, no, I don't know. It could be during. This could be one of those things. It could be like Britney when she shaved her head. We don't know what's going like to happen. Like, half the album is okay and the rest of it's just terrible. It's just it all falls apart. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll see. As long as there's no saxophone solo, we're all right. What? I do, listen. While that saxophone solo at the start of Emotion is iconic... At the same time, it all, I always, I still to this day, I haven't done it yet, but I want to do it. I want to, I want to make the Father Ted Lovely Horse video, and then when the horse comes up at the end as a saxophone solo, I want it to be from the start of Emotion. Um, and then the two of them just pop out of bed and goes, we need to lose that saxophone solo. I want to make that video, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Because it, it is, it's great, but it's kind of shit at the same time. That's a weird ambition to have in life. Listen. I don't have lofty goals. I have achievable ones. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to approach it. Yeah. Uh, you haven't picked a song yet. Well, just for that, I'm gonna say emotion. Ah! All right, you're probably gonna be hearing that fucking <laughs> in the background as we speak. Uh, in the meantime, um, people can go to uh, bragginrightsgame.com or ficklegames.com. Right. And uh, go to them, Bragging Rights, on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, go to Fickle Games on Facebook or Fickle underscore Games on Twitter. And Bragging Rights will be launched on Kickstarter on the 8th of August. And it'll be there until the 29th of August. Cool. This podcast will probably go up tonight. So they will have Yay. plenty of time to uh, to get ready for it and get You're excited for like it. an editing wizard. Podcasts are so easy to I edit. Mean, they do not take long. Well, you're gonna play. Oh, you're gonna put all those filters on, so like, um, you have like the real deep. Voice. No, no, no. I'm I'm comfortable with being the squeaky demon that I am. Um, <laughs> it's your trademark. It's my tra It's what I'm known for. Uh, but yeah, no. It's it's very. I the if I do a video, it will take me like a day. But if I do a podcast, it will take me like an hour less than. <laughs> so yeah, shows you how professional I am. It just means like you're so good at it, you can edit it like really, really fast. I've been doing it for ten years. I should be good at it, but I've also been video editing for twelve years. Have so podcasts existed for ten years. Yes. Really? Um, yes. Uh, since before, t more than ten years. Uh, I started podcasting like, in two thousand seven. I po I started podcasting in two thousand seven when you were two, and um. 
<laughs> well, don't please don't tell me what age were you in fucking 2007? Um, you were probably 16, I reckon. Yeah, I was. I was 16, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, goodbye, everybody! <laughs> You're stuck in my head.